hello, I'm Benny Torres, and welcome to the Babs podcast that stands for Beyond Advertising BS, where I bring in professionals who uh, have accelerated in their career or sort of have reached a certain peak in their career and for the benefit of college students of all ages mm-hmm. uh, unpack sort of career journeys and talk about things and laugh and all kinds of stuff uh, today my guest is Grant Zima who is a project manager extraordinaire that's how I would qualify him uh, let's kick it off by asking how you would qualify yourself Grant Zima <laughs> who are you what do you do and how did you get there alright cool <laughs> Um, so I, of course, um, I would not, I would not say I'm a project manager extraordinaire. I say, (laughs) I say I'm good at what I do because I've been doing it a long time and I've had a lot of successes and a lot of failures and mess a lot of things up. But anyway, so what do I do? Um, I, um, I, I would put my career into three chunks. Uh, I started my career in IT, then I went into advertising. Now I'm newly back into IT. Um, But what I currently do is I'm a project manager who helps lead training projects to train companies on how to use project management software. But I am also a trainer for the software. So sometimes I lead the training project, sometimes I am the training project uh, (laughs) in this sort of weird inception-y thing. Uh, The other thing that I do um, is organizational change management, um, which is when, so the software that we roll out to companies is sometimes affects thousands of users and it changes their world, right? For 12 years, I used to be doing this, this way. And then I come in on a random Tuesday. Now we have new software, new processes, and a new way that you're going to run your projects or new way that you're going to use software. And we are all human, and humans don't like change very much. Um, So I also advise um, my clients on the best ways to soften the blow, uh, best ways to overcome resistance, the best ways to get awareness that this is coming. Uh, We're going to give training. We're going to hold your hand through the process to go from your old system, for example, to your new system. Um, And I do that because I have done this numerous times in my career either having new software inflicted on me um, by... <laughs> like com- inflicted it on is, me. No, it, and I, I say that, inflicted. It's like, here's a new thing. You're going to start using on Tuesday. Figure it out. Do you or, know that that's why I abhor... I think I could be a designer. I, I My mom's an interior designer. I have a design she's sensibility. A painter, I thought. Well, she paints now. Uh, like oh, she's okay. like sort of, but like she, her background was interior design assistant. She was interior design. Okay. So I think I have that sort of naturally as part of me, the aesthetic or thing. I find Photoshop and frankly the adult, the whole Adobe suite of tools mm-hmm. to be inflicted on us. They are they are not intuitive tools, and you can argue that the role of a tool is not to be intuitive. But I actually would argue against that. I from totally a de- agree with from you. a design perspective. Yeah, it's the whole thing of like, uh, and this is a weird aside, whatever. But like, um, it's <clears throat> it's the whole thing of uh, when you feel dumb for pushing on a door mm-hmm. when you were supposed to pull. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's the fault of the designer. And so, like, when you... And I'm not saying it should be the most easiest thing in the world, right? But that said, every kid, give them a hammer and a chisel, and you could probably figure out how to knock out a crude sculpture. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. If you give right, there's a whole trope of like give a. And it, um, it, it's a, it is a sculpture, but is it right? Functional? Give give a boy a hammer, and every problem becomes a nail. That's right. because the tool is intuitive. And again, I get that in digital worlds and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's a little bit different, but they they uh, my argument, and this is one of the reasons I love Apple, is mm-hmm. like. Adobe tools aren't intuitive. If they were intuitive, you wouldn't need so much effort to try to make it happen. Now, granted, the simpler the tool, the less you whatever, but I still think that there's some intermediate design tool that needs to exist or something like that. I tell my kids to use Canva. That's just not like Canva doesn't pay for this. Hopefully, maybe one day Canva will pay for (laughs) it. But anyway. Because I was going to plug something. Uh, So yeah, so inflicted. Yeah, from a project management perspective, that's why I love the tool Smartsheet. Right. And in the class that, um, so I teach here, um, uh, we just got done with the class. So that's why I like Smartsheet um, because I feel, and I could be wrong, I don't work there, um, but I feel most project managers, their default is Microsoft Project. I feel Microsoft Project was built by and designed by software engineers. I feel Smartsheet was built and designed by project managers. And you can just tell, did they do the same thing at the end yeah. of the day? Yeah. You print off your project schedule, et cetera, et cetera. But the way you go about it, um, Nate, where we used to work, said yeah. the same thing about iTunes and Spotify. He's, he said, oh. iTunes was built and designed, you could tell, it was built and designed by software engineers. Spotify Versus. was built by people who love music. Who love music, yeah. It's, uh, I, and I it's to- my thing totally for, agree. Um, I love Spotify. Uh, I use, um, what is it, a keynote versus... PowerPoint. I, would, I wish. Well, there's a whole I, like right. There's uh, a whole. If you haven't looked it up, uh, and I think a lot of people haven't, because a lot of people use PowerPoint without thinking, mm-hmm. as if it's the only one. Um, if you're using PowerPoint, stop. <laughs> Literally, mm-hmm. stop right now and like on a Mac. try try. But it, there's like Prezi, and then there's also like Canva can do presentations. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. arguably even because uh, and this is a whole fascinating thing. Uh, there's a whole psychology now. PowerPoint has so infected <laughs> corporate culture and our corporations and our workspaces that, like, there's a whole psychology behind how it limits your thinking ability. Yes. Like a language can limit your thinking ability, so does having to funnel through PowerPoint. And frankly, I think part of the reason why I I love making decks, which sounds weird, but I don't – I hate – making presentations or decks in PowerPoint. Like it's really drains me versus Keynote. I generally have a joy of a time doing it. And actually at our old agency, when they would give the PowerPoint presentations to our designers and do them in like InDesign and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, I would always be a little bit jealous because I know that I could pump something out just as good as a designer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I hate saying no, this because saying, but, but, that, that was a thing yeah, where I used to work at. Right, where it was like, go give this presentation to the designer. And I would always think, you know, that'll, anyway, uh, where were we? We were at, oh, inflicting software oh, yes, on, yes. On, on all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, I try, you know, depending on the engagement, but I try to make sure uh, one of the things that I do is that if we're gonna, if they're going to roll out this new project management software, new project management processes and ways of doing things, um, some clients I help advise how to soften the blow and how to make it so you don't have a revolution three months from now that everyone hates it and no one's doing what they're supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. And so the big question, yeah, 
how the heck did we get there, right? Like, right. How, how did how did Grant get there? Where where, where does this story start? <laughs> yeah, no. Every time I ask that, I imagine the person going, "Well, in 19." 19- yes, <laughs> yes. And like with the blazing saddles back in '56. Um, okay, so it started. So this was not my goal at all, any way, shape, or form. Um, and it's interesting to uh, maybe a seed was planted in junior high when my parents got me a TI ninety nine. And for those of you, who- a TI ninety, I had oh. a TI eighty nine. Plus, that's a whole other side, and we can't even go down that route. Okay. But calculators and TI and Texas Instruments, yeah. I think it's fascinating. Oh, yeah, totally. That they, the whole... ha- they, they, they somehow, with like 1991 technology, they are still mm-hmm. <laughs> kicking. Uh, yeah, they're still around. Well, but they do a lot of government stuff, too. So they're... Right, but so the BlackBerry, and that's gone. Uh, so, true. like, right, your daughter... Uses TI whatever she whatever does. calculators. So, How my they kids? think about that? Yeah. yeah, nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about yeah. the fact that like somehow TI is like it's the still mafia, around. the technology. Anyway, yeah. So I had a, so I did get a TI ninety nine, and for those of you who, who don't know what a TI ninety nine <laughs> is, it was a mini computer, meaning it wasn't an Apple or anything like that, but um, it had BASIC loaded on it. I don't even know what the OS was. Maybe the OS was TIOS. I don't know. But if you wanted to do anything, you had to make it. So there were TI-99 magazines that my parents would get me. And there's a game, I will never forget this, it was called Goblin. And And Goblin was sort of, think of, it was sort of centipede, but you didn't have to stay at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Um... So oh, there's one there's one that's there is a set of people where you don't want to stay at the bottom of the screen. Mm. And it's called something else. But maybe well, no, it's called okay. it's called So <laughs> I you didn't, you didn't go buy Goblin. You bought the magazine, oh. it had the code in basic, and you spent a week or two coding. And so I I, but I didn't know any better. I wasn't like, I'm not coding this. So I started writing code. So that was again, I did it for a function to get to a game. My name day, my main life was, since I was four, I wanted to be a archaeologist. And my whole life was geared around archaeology, either dinosaurs or uh, Native Americans. Um, How much was this defined by Indiana Jones? Zero. I don't think Indiana Jones was high school for me. Sorry. Anyway. No, I don't even know what Indiana Jones was. Okay, fine. No, not, I didn't know. I didn't want to be Indiana Jones. The two things. So by the time I got to college, what interested what what the the biggest thing that interested me. So my my dream and my vision. Um, so it like like I said like it um Native American culture, ancient Native American culture fascinated me because we live on top of it. I live on top of it. Right. And they're still here. They're not like, oh, the Vikings, but the Vikings are gone. Right. Oh, the Romans, but the Romans are gone. Right. They're still here. That's a good point. And, we, and I do believe, and I, I don't believe this religiously, and I'm not trying to start a movement, but like, we took their land, but they're still here. How effed how, how <laughs> is that, right? It's not like we took their land... And they moved somewhere else, right? Uh, you know, like Prussia was taken over by somebody. So in any event, so my whole thing was 
if I wasn't going to be in the Utah desert finding the next evolution of a T-Rex or something like that, I wanted to go to the Southwest and be on a dig and uncover some piece of Pueblo civilization that nobody knew existed, um, that existed around the 1300s, and just start piecing together who these people are. It, it was like this big... As, a, as opposed to going and just asking them. Right. Well, no, but <laughs> no, there no, are I'm civilizations, right. Right, right. Like, because the other thing that... I, and I, I learned this through my high school years, but when I was a little kid, Indians were Indians. Then... I was like, oh, there's the Sioux and the Cheyenne and, you know, the Eskimos and all that. Then as I started getting wiser and we weren't, I I don't know because you and I are different generations. I wasn't taught this, but I was like, this Columbus story is kind of bullshit. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then I started, I, I got a book and it started talking about, quote unquote, extinct Indian populations. And I'm like, oh, there wasn't like seven groups of Indians. There were hundreds and hundreds all over the place. Holy crap. So it wasn't like going to, um, you know, a, a Sioux reservation or a Pueblo reservation or something like that and say, tell me your history. Right. It was like they couldn't because there were people before right. the San Felipe Pueblo who were then before them. Who were before. Right. So my thought was, that's what I want to do with my life. I'm going to go in and um, I... I wanted to, not to make the discovery like Indiana Jones. Okay. I wanted to put it together. What did these people worship? What did Got they it. think? What did they eat? What did they drink? What did they look like? Where did they try? It just, it, it seemed like put being involved in putting that together was like you couldn't. And it's something you're still passionate about? Yes. So like, uh, yeah, but I'm not going to go get a PhD. Right. In but like gums, uh, gums uh, like germs, guns and steel or that whole thing or like yes, 1492 I or so like all those books that are like about recreating like what life was like back then or what the real story is. Sort yeah. Of oh, yeah. 1490. Yeah, exactly. I think it's 1492. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yes and no. Like I have a life. I have kids. I got right, a job. Right. So I don't like an academic would read 20 of those right, right, books right. a month. Yeah. So I, mean, I more but like it's, it's still at. on my radar. Absolutely. Yeah. It's on my radar. So, um, I go to college, uh, I declare archeology span major. And by the end of sophomore year, I drop out and I drop out because drop out of school, drop out of the major. Okay. So my dream since I was four comes crashing down because, um, I did not have the emotional intelligence to, understand that my professors and literally my advisors were not well adjusted people so i am not crazy that we like and it's something that you know what i mean like it's something that the way that i frame it and it's so weird to me to be saying this at 32 or whatever but like like in middle school I went to a public school and I was going to move from a public school to a private school. So I thought to myself, well, obviously the reason everyone's so effed up here is because they didn't get filtered through mm-hmm. Catholic private high school. And so then I went to private, private Catholic high school and I was like, oh no, like all these people are still really dumb and awful. <laughs> and so it'll be college. It'll be University of Florida. It'll be whatever that I go to that'll, that'll filter them out. And then I came to UF for 
after school, and I was like, oh no, like everybody's still dumb and terrible. And then I went, and then it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to Leo Burnett. I'm gonna go yeah. work at Leo Burnett on the Nintendo account. And of course, everyone who works on the Nintendo account is gonna be a great, wonderful human being who knows what they're doing because of the filter. That we're every, and we're, we're constantly filtering people out, yeah. right? And then it was no. It's like terrible all the way down. Yes, like, but not in a bad way, not in like a judgy way, but like people are people are people. Like right, it's and a you don't weird per- sobering thought. And people, and you don't, and especially in like today's day and age when like we deal with like our job, like your job, like in advertising, right? You deal with people. I mean, this is not like so. Like, I like I would talk to you know Grandpa about you know before one of my grandparents um, became like you know the factory, the line managers. Before that, no, you just had your thing, and you maybe talk with one or two dudes a day, but you're on the line, you're doing your thing. It's not like in any given day I could actually talk and need to actually communicate with literally forty people. Totally different skill set. Totally different world we yeah. live in. So. It wasn't that they were when when I when I say awful people. Yeah, sorry, I didn't assume a lot no, about their awfulness. No, no, I well, I want to be clear. It's not like because every major has weed out courses, right? Yes. Everyone like if you yes. can make it past comms three fifty six, if you can make it past this, you're in. It's not that I had great grades. It was my advisors, and I will. Uh, I always remember my last conversation with her. And do you she, remember the name, like her first name? I remember her last name, not her first name. And I remember her face and her haircut. Um, Isn't that funny? Like that we, yeah, because, because it was more, it was, is basically, yeah, because it's imprinted. That's like my dreams crashing down. Yeah. yeah. So she told me, she sat there and she told me, now you realize, Grant, like you're very ambitious, blah, 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 blah. Um, But you realize like, that's probably not going to be your reality. So I just want you to understand. Okay. Well, what do you mean? Well, first of all, you're gonna have to go straight through your master's degree. I'm like, okay, because I didn't care about money. Right. And one of my mom's friends growing up was an archaeologist. Okay. So she, you saw it, right? You I saw, saw, she you, you saw she it. lived in rural France for six months on a dig. Then she moved in to Utah, and she was in Utah for four. I, I wasn't right. going to get married. Right, right, right. I wasn't going to have kids. I Someone was going to live this. I, I was going to have a bank account. I'd live this nomadic life, and I would enrich the world with... The things that I would find, all the so, kind of so stuff. So what did Mrs. Advisor... How so did, what Mrs. Advisor told me is like, you realize you have to go through your master's degree. Okay. You, at least the first 10 years, uh, you're going to sit in the basement of the Field Museum of Science and History and just do research. And you're going to do, do ex- exhibitions and stuff like that. Really? Which, by the way, that is an actual major. I don't know if it was... 20 years ago. Like, cura- but I re- like curating. Yeah, so like I'm like, no, I wouldn't because that wasn't my right, yeah. major. Um, you are going to probably make $20,000 when you graduate. I'm like, okay, in 10 years from now, you're going to make $20,000. <laughs> in about 20 years from now, you're going to make $20,000 unless you write books. Now, you're going to probably have to make most of your money on books, and you're going to have to write books, at least one book a year. So you can be in the field, but you're going to have to write a book that gets actually published, not a journal, like an actual book book, because that's where the real money is made. Blah, do, blah, you, blah. do you think, because this sounds, because one, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to denigrate advisors, right? I'm sure there are fantastic advisors out there. Fine. Totally. But it's, My it, ex-wife's it's, advisor was amazing, yeah. and she would come home talking to him like, oh, here's what I'm going to do in my career, yeah. It's... And I, the, the, Right. 
it almost sounds like she also wanted to be an archaeologist and like she, she was she was she was and she'd given up on her dreams so she's like you yes. don't you don't get to have a dream either grant yes so she wasn't i don't know the academic term so she wasn't the dean so she wasn't the person in charge right. she was like the next level down in charge of like a, divi- a group a division a department chair yeah, right, is that right, what right. it's called i don't know i have no idea um i work here and i'm, I'm barely like i'm like a people ask me and i'm like i'm a professor i'm a lecturer i'm a visiting i'm not <laughs> i teach stuff stuff and i right. say things and people listen yes and huh so yeah so she so then i was like okay so then i start i talked to one or two other professors not in depth because right. they and they gave me the same Just type of, of a gut story check. gut check they gave me the same type of story Which, right? by the way i'm gonna go ahead and say something probably controversial and it mm-hmm. maybe undermines everything i'm doing here whatsoever but like i didn't have an appreciation for how specific a context academia is when I was in like when I was an undergrad totally so like one of the things that like if you're listening to this and like it's not that you shouldn't trust these people it's just to be a little bit more skeptical than you were in high school or middle school and like not the skepticism of not the not that rebellious skepticism where like you're just like oh well so an old lady whatever doesn't know what she's talking about or you're just sort of thinking through the human mechanics yes. and also like making decisions I don't want to say for yourself cuz that's easier said than done but like where you're starting to like just start just question a little bit just Ask around. I mean, and I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost counseling college grant here a little bit, but yeah, no, but it's, I it's, see it's, how it's, it's an authority figure. It's someone going. Yeah, well, it's, there's there's two. So I have to own up to some. Well, I, <laughs> so there's two aspects going on. Yes, you are correct, but also 19 year old Grant did not have the software from his upbringing right. to call bullshit Fair. or to say, Fair. oh, well, maybe you people are all failed in your career and you're like, eh, I'll just teach the rest of the time. I don't know what their stories were. Right. 44-year-old Grant, I totally have the hardware right, now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, maybe sense. the average 19-year-old these days has the hardware. I was not born and raised to have that type. I was born and raised point. not it's to question point. authority like point. that. So in any event, so I dropped out of that program. And I said, all right, I'm, what can I do? Well, archaeology is ancient, ancient, ancient history. I'll just be a history major and I'll finish out college. Okay. So I did. History major, focusing on Native American studies. I uh, graduated college. Uh, during college, second half of college, met my ex-wife, dated her. Uh, eventually married her. We you moved. look like someone I want to divorce someday. <laughs> yes. Let's get hitched. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I met her. Um, she driven. Sorry. And no, that's fine. She <laughs> driven into sales and we moved to Texas um, right after college. Um, and and I, so you were in Chicago. Yes, you we were, were in Chicago. Midwest. Okay. Yep, we were bo- uh, both born and raised in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we moved down to Texas together. Uh, she has a job already lined up. She starts work. I don't, you know, um, as we said before, like, I don't do the, um, even back then, I wasn't like, okay, wifey has to follow me. I'm the breadwinner. I'm right. like, no, you have a job and you're driven. Go for it. I still got to figure figure things out. Like, am I, am I going to get my master's degree? Am I going to teach history? What am I going to do with this thing? I don't know. I've been obsessed with this word lately. Thinking back on it, was the decision to be in history after your dream came crashing down uh was it and maybe i'm using this word wrong was it incidental 
or was it deliberate? If looking back on it, it was incidental and it became deliberate when I took, um, I, and I'm saying his name, uh, because it sucks. See, I, I read a year ago, he actually committed suicide Oof. when he retired. Uh, Dr. Marvin Rosen, Northern Illinois University, the most influential professor I've ever had in my life. I will never forget that man. I'm talking about it right now. I'm getting teary eyed. Oh. I haven't seen this dude since 1994. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's one of those stories that sucks, right? right like, right. and the whole story in the in the Chicago Tribune and stuff like that was was he was who he was. He influenced thousands of students. He had them over at his house. He was in uh, into political history, okay. so they would be he would invite students for dinner and they would debate the, the pros and cons of communism and all that huh. kind of stuff. And then he eventually has to retire. Right, and then, married kids, and yeah, I I I, I, I can only imagine when it was in six months. He's like. Or my life has no purpose. Talking anymore. about the software, right? Like that's part, that's one of the things that I'm, I try to sort of counsel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I practice myself, frankly, for myself is like to anticipate. I almost imagine it. I don't know why, but right now I'm imagining like a snake eating too big a meal. Like you got to anticipate mm-hmm. like that, this is gonna that come. life is lumpy because oh, yeah. lumpy is a word that, yes. that a previous employer used a lot. But uh, uh, then life is lumpy and you got it right because because it's, yeah. you know, he, that guy had joy in his life, but it was also, you know, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, okay, so, yeah, I don't, I, I, so for, it I don't mean to be insensitive to use right. his name. He is one of... The top, it's either the outside of my dad, obviously, the probably the top male figure in my huh. life that influenced me. And I took his class, I took, um, I was thinking of history, uh-huh. so I took a history class, and um, it was he talked about it, it, some, the, I don't know what the class was, but the topic was the communist revolution in Russia, okay, and he got. He was talking about how the proletariat were all pissed off at uh, the Romanovs and all of that. So they rose up against him and he jumped on the desk in the classroom and he was on his knees yelling at the ceiling. They were like, we are not going to take this tyranny and we are taking the power back for the work. And I'm and like people in the class are like wide eyed yeah. and I'm like. I fucking love this dude. <laughs> I love that passion. I'm like, yeah, yeah, screw the bourgeoisie. Absolutely. Get down with the man and all this kind of stuff. So in any event. I find it fascinating though, and it's an I think it's an important it's it's an important thing to know about a lot of people's stories, but about your story specifically, is that uh, it's not you 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 chose this major. Mm-hmm. It worked for you. You en- you seemed to enjoy yeah. it after the after this influential professor. It was not incidental. It was a deliberate choice that you owned. Yep. Yet, still, the your first job was still sort of like a huh. And I think it's an important. I think like I think a lot of people think it's a lot more linear. That like and frankly, sometimes my advice is very sort of linear. That like as if. Well, Loving then, what you do in college necessarily translates to a real job, and it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't, you know. No, and it, trust me, I wish it did. And the, looking back on it, the way that I look at it, like the college experience, and I know you could you have ten thousand podcasts on this topic, but for me, the college experience, it's different for everybody. It either lays, it either lays the groundwork o- across a bunch of different topics for you to have like a foundation to launch something from. Some people 
and I've talked to many people on the air, on airplanes and in careers, you know, some people are not like that. I want history. I did history, master history, PhD in history. I write history books and I teach history. And that I remember talking to a professor on a plane once, literally the dude sitting next to me, we just struck up a conversation. And I asked him, right. I was like, it was always been this way. He goes, this was always, the, and he was like in his 60s. He said, yep, I've loved it every day. This has always been the life plan. Huh. And you could say that with certain, like one right. of my cousins married a cardiologist. He didn't yeah. fall into cardiology. Right. He, this is his thing. <laughs> this is his passion, would right? You, would you go to a surgeon? You would just, like, I just, uh, I just fell into cardiology. We're going to give this whole <laughs> bypass a whirl, see how it goes. And if I don't like it, I'm just not going to do just it anymore. Good. I'm going to drop it in the middle. <laughs> so, huh. yeah. So, okay. So we moved on to Texas. She knows what she wants to do. Um, I don't. And uh, we need money. So I get a job as a manager at Babies Are Us because <laughs> that is what you do when you graduate and you need some money and then you don't know what you need to do and you're just trying to find somebody who's hiring. Are there, and we are probably the two least qualified to answer this, Yes. are there still independent Babies Are Us? I have no I've or not are followed they all, I think actually corporate. I, I as I asked this question back in, so back in the 90s or mid 90s they were everywhere and yeah. they were independent and they were independent uh I know this answer because but only because of my new-ish godson who's under 2 years old okay. and there are independent babies are us because my best friend oh. laments uh. that Auburn Alabama does not have a babies are us and it's one of the things that she uses as mm-hmm. uh, her rallying against you know where she lives. Anyway. So the, yeah, so babies are us. Everybody listening needs a crib built. I probably can help. Um, <laughs> because there's 10,000 cribs that are built 10,000 different ways. Anyway. Go. Hey, ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can build a crib for it's, you. I can build a crib for Actually, so I, yeah, I have three kids. I built three cribs. Um, so what happened was is that I uh, did that for about a year, year and a half, somewhere in there. And one fateful day, um, my ex was talking to her dad. And I'm sitting on the couch or whatever, and she's like, okay, hold on. My dad wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm cool with her dad, right, right, but right. I talk to him at Thanksgiving. Right, right. And Christmas. Yeah. I don't. So I was like, hey, hello. Have you found a real job yet? Oof. Yeah. And so you don't like, okay, my newlyweds father. Right. And so he is born and raised in Hungary. He okay. came here in the 50s. Okay. So very traditional, very right. Eastern European. Why are you not taking care of my daughter? Right. Speech. Right. Uh, and I think what you... you manager sh- of a baby store. manager <laughs> of a baby store. What I think you should do, it is very much like the graduate. And trust me, it dawned on me. The graduate. I hear plastics are going to be... You should get into plastics. Hey, Grant, you should get into computers. I think computers are going to be big. Do, 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 go, look for something in computers. The future is computers. Future is computers. This is 1990, end of 95, maybe beginning in 96. For whatever reason to me, 1996, and maybe it's with good reason. Maybe well, someone Wikipedia 1996, but 1996 is America Online for me. Like that year... Oh, is America served. online for me? Like 1996, uh, I was 11. <laughs> okay. but, oh my god! So I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Already... I'm sorry. I was 11. But 1996 oh. is like America online in my head. Anyway, yep. 
Which maybe is a reference if I'm going to feel old now that maybe people don't get that reference anymore. Yeah, I know. There's going to be people listening. In a couple of years, they're going to be listening and they're going to be like, oh, I don't like. It's like, yeah, it's like when grandma used to talk about going down to the soda fountain and you're like, whatever, grandma. Anyway, and yes, for those listening, I totally stole that from John Mulaney. Anyway, so um, what I, so it was not a good conversation. Um, needless to say so I hung up a little bit in shock but I said you know he's right I I need to do figure out something and so my whole thing was I'm going to do something not until I figure it out but maybe it'll help me figure it out so I got a job at a help desk uh, Frito-Lay, Plano, Texas internal IT help desk helping people reset their passwords and all that kind of stuff Uh, I was a contractor Okay. Um, so they were building the help desk, and then when they were done, they were going to hire full timers. And they said, "Do you want to become a full timer?" I said, "No." Okay, then you're going to end your contract. The reason I said no is because my wife and I decided to move back to um, Chicago and financial. Let's just say financially regroup. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, she was. We had a baby at the time, so it was like maybe we'll go there. But the whole we're just going back to Chicago for a year max. Right. Then we're getting the hell out, and we're going back to Texas. Okay. Okay. So that was 1997. Okay. I still have not moved back to Texas. So. Okay. Um. I get into I. She quits her job. Um. To be a full-time mom for the time being. And okay. I get a pretty good job at Case Corporation Internal Help Desk. Okay. Um, one day, um, I am sitting at my desk and everyone's sitting at their desk. And uh, the big boss walks out of his big cube. Uh, and I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but basically this is kind of how it went down. Said, we need this thing called a website. Um, apparently, uh, on the, you guys like her, I, the internet, whatever. Um, I have an HTML book and I work with a guy who already was tinkering with HTML between calls. Okay. Uh, does anybody want to learn HTML to build this website thing that apparently we need? Just for my own perverse curiosity. Mm-hmm. What number HTML, what were we at? So whatever was, it was in 1997. One, it, was, it wasn't even numbered. It was like, it was before... I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. So um, I started learning HTML. 